we serve as, I thought it'd be a good idea just to give you a, a reintroduction of who we are if you don't know who we are. Um, Debbie and I serve uh, in Kampala, Uganda with an organization called World Gospel Mission. Uh, we have been in Uganda now for five years. This past time, we were there for three years. Uh, some of you may or may not know some of the things that we dealt with, especially over the past month. I'll, I'll, work, I'll talk about that today uh, in the sermon. Uh, let's go to the next slide. So, uh, as I said, Debbie and I work at Heritage International School. Uh, I am the head chaplain there. Uh, we have around 430 to 450 students there. Um, we have uh, pre-K all the way up to seniors. Again, Mike is a senior this year. Uh, and about 50% of our student base are believers in Jesus Christ. The rest of them have no biblical foundation to speak of. They are multiple different uh, faith systems. Uh, and so it's really interesting when they come into the school and they, their parents, whether they, be, uh, whether they be Muslim, whether they be Hindu, uh, whether they be atheist, uh, agnostic, uh, you name it, they'll sign a document that says that we can teach them from the biblical perspective. So all of our courses are taught from the biblical perspective, even calculus, which is gross. Nobody should be doing calculus, okay? Debbie teaches calculus, which I can't even spell, okay? But again, we teach everything from the biblical perspective, and then we teach students how to apply that, okay? And so for us, that's tremendously exciting because we have students from 47 different nations, and so they're coming, they're getting a good biblical, uh, good biblical basis. Uh, we are uh, discipling them, leading them into sweet relationship with Jesus Christ, and then just really working hard to disciple them well. I'm very, very serious about discipling. I like to get students young, identify what they're strong at, identify where they're called, and then work within the confines of that. Not everybody's called to be a pastor. Not everybody's called to be a preacher. Uh, but, but in some way, we are all called to be guides. Uh, and as I was thinking through, my, uh, the, through Pastor Scott this morning, uh, he, we, I stood right here. He stood right there. I cried right here. Okay, Debbie did not. It's okay. All right, I'm an emotional guy. Um, but, but I'm thinking about over the years, all of the men uh, that, that really poured into my life, okay, as guides. And, I, and, I, and, and I'm going to talk about what that call, the transformation that that call makes in a person. Uh, you know, we, we don't like when somebody will approach us. But, but I, I love that Pastor Scott, even when I'm overseas, can say, you know, you're busy. You might be too busy. And he's not taking anything away from me. He's just saying, I want you to be healthy. I want you to go the distance. And I don't have to worry about losing that. And so what he's taught me, what Bill has taught me, what all of the men have taught me in my life, I'm now putting into other young men. We're guiding them, right? And, the, and, and our young ladies are doing the same, and it's awesome. It's really, really working well, and the enemy hates it, hates it. And, 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 and church, you're doing such a good job, and so I'm sorry, but the enemy hates you too. Because of what's going on in Uganda, the enemy hates you too. That's okay because God doesn't lose. Okay, so uh, let me just, let me just, yeah, there we go. So here is a picture of 10 different students. In this picture, there are nine different nationalities represented to show you how diverse it is 
a, a group of people, um, there it is. Uh, we, have, we have people from Hong Kong, which is not a place anymore. I don't know. Um, we, we have people from Eritrea, uh, Uganda, China, uh, Great Britain, Australia, that, all in that picture. And so can you imagine us trying to go to 47 different countries? We couldn't do that. We can't get into some of these countries, but they can. And we know God's word doesn't return void, does it? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Let's go to the next one. Uh, so one of the other ministries that Debbie, and again, we're involved in a lot, but I'm just going to tell you the two because I only have four hours. Um, but uh, one of the other ministries that we're involved in is like a neighborhood ministry. You're taking a look at Lexi, uh, uh, who's with one of our ladies from what's called the TAP program, which is Tumaini AIDS Prevention Program. And, and that is basically uh, us going down to people, uh, usually ladies and children, who have HIV and AIDS and have been pushed to the, to the margins of society, okay? Because they have disease, because they don't have a normal situation, they're shoved down into an area that is not a desirable area, and no one cares about them except for God, right? And so nobody goes to them. And so uh, about five years ago, we had the opportunity to go, and I thought, you know, what would be beautiful, and we're already integrating this, is take our students and begin to work with them in this local ministry that's five minutes away to people that are desperate. Okay, church, you need to know that you are keeping these people alive physically, okay? There's no government aid in Uganda at all for the people that live there, much less people that are marginalized, all right? And so, uh, we have been able to feed, and we keep going back over and over again. And the ladies always ask the same question. Why do you keep coming back? Why, why would you, what, what, chi-chi is what they say. Chi-chi, why, why? And the, and the answer is very simple. God has never abandoned me. He's not going to abandon you. And, I, and therefore, I'm not going to stop coming. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep praying for you. We're going to keep providing for you. And, 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 again, and again, that's what God has called us to do. These are just two of the ministries that we in. Uh, let's take a look at. You can kind of see some of the, um, let's do the next one. Okay, you can kind of see some of the conditions that they live in. There's water in their, these houses. It's not uncommon for the water to be up to your knees. And so they just bunk up. A lot of times they sleep up, uh, all of them sleep up in a bunk. Uh, and again, uh, here, here on the left, this is just kind of the, why is this happening? Well, Jesus loves you. That's why. And, and, and we keep coming back over and over and over again when no one else will go. Okay? Um, I would like to hold off the last two, the last two slides. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say after, at the end of the message, if that's okay. Uh, and let me go ahead and, let me go ahead and um, begin. Let me go ahead and get into the message today. Let me, let me open us in a word of prayer. Father, I praise you that you call ordinary men and women. Father, I am extraordinary, not extraordinary. I am just a man. And Father, you have called me into ministry and those who are hearing my voices who have accepted you as their savior are also called into the ministry in which you have put them. And Lord, I just love you for that. And so today, God, as we talk about what it means to be called, God, I just pray that those who would hear it here today, there be no confusion Father, the, the enemy has an opportunity, that the enemy will always take the opportunity to make it 
difficult and complicated, but the beauty of it is, is that you've not made it so. Lord, you've called us into sweet relationship with yourself, and because of that, Lord, we just praise you that we get to be a part of something so amazing and eternal. It is in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, the title of today's message, and you'll notice there's a lot of blank space there because, again, I take the message as the Lord gives it to me, and so I want to take the message that the Lord has, not the message that Justin has prepared in his brain, okay? Uh, Pastor did a really great job this morning of doing Second Peter 1.10, which is really hilarious because he messaged me a couple of days ago and said, man, I thought you were going to preach on 2 Peter 2.10, and I was sweating. Uh, 2 Peter 2.10 says, such punishment is specifically received for those who indulge in the corrupt desires of the flesh and despise authority. Uh, That's not you, okay? So we're not going to go there, and I'm glad I don't have to preach on that. Um, But in particular, let me me give the capstone verse for today. 2 Peter 1.10, therefore, my brothers and sisters... Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. I love, I love the, the lead up to this is Peter. Now we know Peter prior to, prior to Christ's death and resurrection. We would all be like, don't hang out with him. Wild man, right? Uh, and, and sometimes we feel like that. But look at Peter now, right? Look at Peter in the book of Acts. We're talking about Peter the adult here, okay? And, I'm, and, and we all go through our different stages of maturity, but Peter the adult. And the title of today's message is Where of the Adults. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys, uh, as, as kids, would look around a room, a chaotic classroom, and go, where are the adults? Who's going who's gonna to write this situation that kids standing on desk? throwing stuff, a fire in the corner, I don't know. But where are the adults, right? Where are the adults? And I, and I wonder, okay, how many, how many of us as adults have done that? It's okay. There's no embarrassment. It's all right. I have done that as an adult. You're not an adult. You're a kid. All right? But, but I have done that. And over my past few years, as I've looked around for the adult, I realized something. It's me, right? It's you. And that's scary when you tend to be the last adult. And again, that's not a shame to anybody, but we tend to be the last adult. But that's the reality of what God is calling us to be. Okay? In, in Uganda, I have dealt with so many situations, and I'm like, who is my supervisor? Who can I escalate this to? And they all look back at me, and they're like, you're it. And that's scary. But that's what we're called to do, right? We're progressing towards that. And so uh, I, in my five years, ten years of doing ministry, I had to look at the anatomy of the call, okay? And that's, again, what I want to do today. And I'm going to take you back to the Old Testament. If you wouldn't mind going to Isaiah chapter 6, you may have heard me speak on this before. But I think the beauty of these passages is to show the, 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 the simplicity of the call, the response, and the go, right? The launch, all right? And so uh, let's let's go to Isaiah chapter 6, and I'm going to speak through this. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 says, In the year of King King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Listen to this. Above him... 
stood six seraphim, each having six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling out one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and lintel thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Okay, God has said nothing. Make sure you understand something. The doorposts and lintels are shaking at, at the angels shouting, holy, holy, holy. God has said nothing. Okay, now I don't know what I don't know what your status is here. Okay, Uh, but but I want you to know something. Number one, this is where I this is where all of this began for me. I realized that God wants to be known. He is not a hidden God. In no other faith system do we see a God so readily available to be known and to be in relationship with him. Okay, I don't see it anywhere. I've studied many, many, many things, and this is the only situation in which God is saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and I want you to know me, and I want you into relation, I want you in relationship with me. Okay, that's a beautiful thing. Okay, especially when you consider what's coming. All right? Uh, if you you don't need to turn there, but let me go ahead. And give you this, Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without an excuse. Remember, there's nothing hidden. If at the very basic, this is God being the evangelist that he is. This is basic evangelism. He's saying, look at the creation That didn't happen by accident. That is specifically designed. And and if someone wants to know more and said, man, this this is specifically designed, God will make himself known further and deeper. He will fulfill his his desire to be known, okay? And and again, he he, he is magnificent at that. And he meets us where we are, okay? So, So this call is the call to salvation. It's the call to come and know him. Okay, beloved, I'm going to tell you, all right, and I'm going to tell you on Facebook, if you don't know him, today is the day, okay? I, and I'm not standing up here as a missionary on some high celestial plane, all right? I'm you, all right? I'm you. I'm just a regular man who went and saw that God wanted to be known. He wants relationship with me. You're not going to find that in the world. You're not going to find that in the world. Search as you may, we will not find that in the world, okay? Let's, let's, let's get to the, the, the slightly uncomfortable part, and it's okay. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's good. This realization is good. This is verse 5. Then I said, woe to me, for I am ruined Because I am a man of unclean lips, dwelling among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Okay? Here we have the classic situation of a holy and of a holy God interacting with the offender. Okay? The offended is interacting with the offender. Okay, now we tend to think it's in terms of, of worldly justice, 
Got him. We got to look. Like I can't, I, can, I, can exp- I can't explain away my sin. Guilty. There's nowhere else I can go. I am guilty before a holy and a just God. We can't leave that out. All right, that's the reality. And I will never forget the day that this transaction happened for me. All right, I realized that there was nothing that I could do to pay for my sin. There's nothing. There's no, there's, I can't work it off. I can't do anything. And I'm guilty. And this is uncomfortable. We don't like this. But the reality is there must be an acknowledgement of condition, okay? An acknowledgement of condition is a must, all right? It's a must. I will tell you, uh, I am far worse a sinner than any of you have ever been, okay? Should give you a little hope, all right? He's a missionary now, right? It's okay. It's okay because God fully forgives. He fully forgives, but there has to be the acknowledgement. I am a sinner, and I, ha- I can't explain it away. That's my flesh, okay? Lest you think again, I, because I'm a missionary, that I'm on some higher celestial plane. I am not. I am not, okay? Now, here's the beautiful part. Let's go to the beautiful part. And this is verse 9. <clears throat> Then I heard the voice of the Lord. No, 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 sorry. I apologize. Let me step back. This is verse, verse 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to, him, flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. Remember what we said God was? A holy and just God. I stand guilty before him. He has the right to do away with me. And what is his response? It's the same response it's been for you. He touched our lips, didn't he? He touched our spirit. I just want to know what, what's at the apex of my ministry, of the ministry that God has given me, right there. That's it. Period. I was, a, I was a condemned sinner, as were you, and I was touched by him. I was cleansed by him. Not only that, I was brought into his family. What? Do you know how gross I am? Do you have any idea what kind of a sinner I am? God's like, yeah, I sure do. I sure do. And boy, I love you. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) He probably laughs. He probably has a good time with that. Right? That's the beauty of this thing. There's no, you're not going to find this anywhere else. And I know I'm telling you something that you already know. And maybe you know it here. But I pray to God that you will know it here today. Okay, beloved, that's the beauty of this. And from that is where we launch. Then I heard a voice, the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Okay, it's that simple. All right, people always say, man, how did you, how did you end up in Uganda you must, you, must, you must have gone through some rigorous training. Yeah, it's called life. 
okay? And I don't, again, you're going through training. Some of you know your calling. Some of you are operating your calling. If you don't know, don't worry. Keep pursuing it. Keep saying, send me, okay? Because nothing that I do is any greater or less than what you do, all right? The church, when the church stands behind a missionary in Uganda or in uh, Carol's stream, they stand fully behind that. We don't operate without you. We don't. You're already operating in your calling by sending missionaries. And as Pastor said, look how many you've already sent. That's you. That's God doing through you what he intended to do through you, okay? And maybe, maybe today you're, 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 you're thinking about, well, what, what can I do? Can, can, can you love the person in front of you? It's just that simple. To love the person in front of you, to wake up in the morning, and I do this, and I don't feel like it every morning. I drove 800 miles yesterday. I did not feel like it this morning. What do you want for breakfast? Never mind, right? But that's the reality. And to wake up and just go, despite how I feel, I'm going to love the person in front of me this morning. Can we do that? Then we're missionaries. We're missionaries, and we're, we're, we're going after the call that God put in front of us. Before I ever even thought about Uganda, I was a youth pastor. <laughs> a lot of messed up kids now. Sorry about that. It's okay. You can laugh at that. That's true. It's okay, right? And I just love the kids in front of me. Right? I love the kids in front of me. What's your calling today? What is God calling you to do? If you don't know, that's okay. Love the person in front of you. I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, I don't know how many of you have heard this story, but I'll just go ahead and tell it. Um, I, I, had, I never, ever had on my radar to be an international missionary, ever. Not even in my wheelhouse, ever, would I, I, I make it into Canada, I made it into Mexico, all right? Um, but, but Africa? God, are you serious? Yeah, and you know what he'll do? He'll, he'll allow you to test that. So back in 2009, uh, and some people ask me, how did, how did you know? How did you know? How did you know? Well, I'm going to tell you, okay? Back in 2009, I had an opportunity to go to Rwanda, and the door was closed. Someone called me and said, hey, what would you, what would you think about going to Uganda? I'm like, first mission trip ever? Yeah, let's rock it, okay? But I had three problems, okay? I'm married with children, so I'm poor, all right? I got no money. I, don't, can't, I can't afford it. It's $4,200 to take a two-week trip to Uganda. I can't afford that. I can't afford that, okay? The next thing is I had a boss at the time who was a rank pagan, by the, by, the, by the grace of Jesus Christ, he's a believer today. But at that time, he didn't want to give me time off, and there's no arrogance in that. I was good at my job. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm never going to give you more than two days off. He was serious. He's like, I just, I, I feel better having you here. So I hope you don't mind not seeing your family. You're going to be working a lot. Okay. Right? And then I hate to fly. What missionary do you know, international missionary do you know, that hates to fly? I'm terrified. I can't get on a plane to save my life unless I'm sedated, right? And so I, I, I put these things before the Lord. God, I'm, I'm serving you here. If this is what you want to happen, make it happen, okay? I'll put out letters. I'll send out letters and just, I wrote 80, I wrote one letter, copied it, put it in the mail, sent it out. Within four weeks, I had to ask people to stop sending money. I was so overfunded 
that I had to go in front of churches and say, hey, thank you. Give that somewhere else. Give that somewhere else. I don't need any more of that. And even then, it still kind of kept coming in. I'm like, stop, right? Is that, a, is that a confirmation? Is that a confirmation? I certainly believe it was. Then I went to my boss after I raised the money, okay? And I looked at him and I said, this is going to be horrible. Hey, uh, I, need, I need two weeks off because I, I raised money to go on a mission trip. And I just braced myself for what was coming. I braced myself for what was coming. It was a pause. I thought he was going to crank up the screaming machine. And he, he, he said, you know what, I think that's a great idea. In fact, I'll give you a day before and a day after so that you can prepare and that you can get, get over jet lag. I'm like, well, I don't know who you are, but when you find my boss, okay, I want you, I want you to let him know that I need these two weeks off. It was so loving. It was so gentle. Not anything that I expected. Is that confirmation? Confirmation of the beginning of the call? Yes. God's saying, you're, you're going to do it. And then, and then the airplane, Ooh, the enemy will bring a storm. And he did that day. He brought a storm. But that plane was as stable as I had ever seen. I, I couldn't believe how loving God was to, to take away the turbulence, to take away the things that make me afraid. And I, it was like I was on a sealy posturepedic bed. It was amazing. It was amazing. Okay, guys, listen, it's no different for you. God, what do you want me to do today? He'll say the same thing. Love me, love the person in front of you. And again, I've said, and I, maybe I've said this before, and I'm going to be just tender with you for a moment, okay? Most of my life, most of my adult life and my, and my young life, uh, man, I really wish I hadn't wasted a lot of that time. I really wish I hadn't wasted it. I praise the Lord that he has redeemed me. And here at the back half of my life, middle of my life, hopefully middle of my life, right? Hopefully at the middle of my life, 105, woo, right? But hopefully here at the middle of my life, God has gotten a hold of me, okay? I'll tell you one more story. Back on May 17th, some of you know that I was beaten up and I was robbed just outside my home in Kampala, okay? Beaten up and robbed, smacked me in the face with a rock, okay? And I went down and I was dazed, stole my computer, stole my phone, and I remember rolling over out of the trash. And I looked up and I remember thinking, God, how are you going to use this today? That's not me. That's not me. Five years ago, 10 years ago, I, I, I didn't think like that. But because I've walked with him and because he's walked with me, he has changed me. And he keeps changing me. And praise God because he needs to. Okay? Just ask my family. They, wrote, they were in the car too yesterday, all right? Beloved, what is your calling today? What is God calling you to do? If you don't know, it's okay, all right? Because again, he will take you, he will use you where you are, and he will blow you away with what he will do. I love Peter's excitement in, in, this, in these passages because he simply sits and says, man, I'm not the same person I used to be. Oh, I have a corrupt flesh. I definitely have that. But look at how he's changed me. And look how excited I can be. I don't know what the news told you today. I don't know what they told you today. But let me go ahead and tell you, God doesn't lose. Okay? He doesn't lose. 
All right, I've invested a lot of my time in things that probably are not going to last forever. But when I put my time into that, when I put my time into relationship with him, when I put my time into the word, that doesn't fail. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you it doesn't fail. Okay, Pastor, can we bring those one, one more slide up here? I'm going to tell you two success stories. By the way, you're a part of this. As a, as a prayer and financial supporting church, you are a part of these successes and thousands and thousands of others. All right? The, the, the young lady on your right, this is Vanessa Lambie. All right? Vanessa Lambie. Uh, one of the first leaders that we began, to, that, that God allowed us to develop. Back in 2016, one of our first leaders that we promoted, we put her over other young ladies because she was so great. And I remember her coming to me and saying, uh, Justin, or Mr. Williams, they never call you first name, Mr. Williams, I was sexually abused. Oh, what do I do with that? She said, I just, I just need to know what forgiveness looks like. Can you teach me what forgiveness looks like? Wow. Because I want to forgive. I want to forgive and I want to move on. And I want to somehow let God use this in my life. Do you know that this young lady just graduated and she started a new NGO called Rescue One More. And that's what she's going to do. She's raising support now to go back to Uganda to rescue young ladies from uh, trafficking uh, and domestic abuse. And she will. She will. Okay? Church, you're a part of that. Within that, you're fulfilling your call, okay? By, by praying, by, by supporting financially, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing, okay? The young lady on your left. This is Anthea, Anthea Mwana Wabantu, okay? Uh, in, in Uganda, if you have a birth defect, okay, and Anthea has uh, multiple sclerosis, okay, and, and other, other things, uh, when you're born with that, the, the, they, they do what is called, they, they, they mercy kill the child, okay? It's very common, and there's a reason for that. Uh, one, the child does not have a good opportunity, at least from the thought of the culture, they're not going to be able to navigate the things of the culture, so it's better for them, okay? Often there's a stigma on the parents as well, where they will look at that and just go, you're cursed. You're cursed. You're cursed. Okay, is it true? No. Dad said, I want to I do what the culture says. Mom said, no. Women don't really do that in Uganda. And this is, this is a strong Christian woman. She said no, and she won. All right, she won. And this, this young lady ends up at Heritage International School. She ends up at Heritage International School where she is loved beyond measure. She, they, we teach students to love her. We teach them, teach them to treat them right. We teach them how not to treat her. And she is finding acceptance in a way you cannot imagine. All right? Now, you know, I told you about TAP. We took Anthea one time. That was a long day because Anthea struggles with walking. It's okay. We have, we have all day, right? We do it on Saturday mornings into the afternoon at this, at this point. Anthea happened to walk into uh, one of our, our last homes. And there was a mother with a child who has multiple sclerosis. How in the world? And the mom said, I'm not going to do this. 
I'm not going to do this to my child. And, and Anthea walked in there and smiled at that mom, and she lost it. She wept because she's like, standing in front of me is hope. And Anthea's like, can I hold your baby? Can I hold your baby? And she sat there, and you can see. Look at the love. Look at the love in those eyes. That's because people are within their calling, and they're doing what they're called to do. Church, that's you. That's you. And I need you to know something, and I'm very serious about you understanding this. It's not we, my family, it's we. Every single one of you, when you send a message to me, when you send support, when you support missionaries here, when you put it in the offering, you need to understand it, come, it comes from God's hand into our hand. And we put it into the hands of the places that we believe God is calling us to serve. And because of that, you have two out of thousands of success stories. Don't let the enemy fool you. God's not losing. He's not losing today. Beloved, what's your calling? What's your calling? And don't, don't, don't sit and think, I've got to narrow it down today. I've got to narrow it down today. No, listen, walk with him. He'll show you. He'll show you. Beloved, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so grateful for this church. I'm so grateful for men like Pastor and like Bill Dvorak, who for some reason loved me when I probably was very unlovable, right? It's okay, you can say it. <laughs> loved me when I was unlovable. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I had guides like that, that God put in place. Who is God calling you to walk with and love today? I'm gonna pray here in just a moment. Um, yeah, please come eat tacos with us today. Would you come eat tacos with us today? Come and ask every question you wanna ask. There are no dumb questions. There are only dumb people. No, I'm just kidding. There are no dumb questions, Okay. <laughs> There are no dumb questions, except the ones we don't ask. It's okay to say, really? Foreign ministry? I never thought I would. But man, with all the things we've suffered, I would go back and do it again tomorrow. Why? Because he cleansed me and he loves me. And beloved, if you think he loves me, he loves you 10 times more than that. He's always at his maximum capacity for love. I hope you understand that because I understand that and that's what drives me. You see us on Facebook, yes, and I mean every bit of it. I'm going to be driven, and I love it. I love what we do. But you were robbed. Why are you always smiling? Your, your appendix attacked you two weeks ago. It's okay. It's all right. I'll do it again. I'll keep going until I'm silenced, and then I'll never be silent again. If you don't know that today, I want you to know that. I want you to know. I want you to have hope. I want you to have hope because he is who he says he is. Amen? Amen. Let me pray over us. Oh, Heavenly Father, why you would use someone like me in a place like Uganda or anywhere else is beyond the scope of my understanding. I am, I am not fit for ministry. I am not fit for anything. But for some reason, you came in and you touched me and you loved me. And you said, I can use you to do my will. And even though it defies my understanding, and, and for many who are here today, it defies their understanding. Father, I believe it, and I see it, and I know that you are able to do exceedingly more than we could ever dream. Father, let us dream again. Let us be encouraged again. Father, let's not look at what the world says is or isn't. But Father, let's look at what you say is or is not.
And Lord, let us follow that. And Father, let the simplicity of relationship with you wash over us day by day. And then we will say, here am I, send me, oh, send me. It is in Jesus' precious name that I pray, amen and amen. Thank you so much. While the uh, kids are coming in, uh, just a couple thoughts real quick. Uh, Someone once said this. Someone told me, I heard him say once that he had sat down with his father and told his father God had called him into ministry. And his father's response was this, son, if God called you to be a ditch digger, then becoming the president of the United States is a step down. God doesn't call us all to do this. He calls us into so many different things. He, he, I, I believe God called you into the neighborhood where you live so that you can be the light of Jesus Christ in that neighborhood. God called you to the workplace where you work right now so that you can be the light of Jesus Christ there. And that's the point that Justin's been making for us today. Ask God to show you daily what he wants from you. We're going to sing some songs in just a minute. One of them I want to just explain one word because sometimes when we sing the grand old hymns of the faith, there are words that are used that we say, what's that mean? And this particular word uh, really fits today. It's uh, Fanny Crosby's old song, I am thine, O Lord. And the second verse begins, consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. That's exactly what Justin's been talking about. The word consecrate means set apart. For instance, if you have good china at home, it's probably consecrated into a china cabinet. It's been set apart. And all the song says is, God, set me apart so I can do your service. If it's convenient, would you stand and join us as we sing?